It's our anniversary. We don't actually know. I, I feel like that's a, that's all I got. I don't know any other parts of that song. I could just keep saying, it's our anniversary. Once a year. Is that real? It comes around. <laughs> oh you check the calendar no. to make sure this no. is the day you oh, were married. Oh, my. Oh. Is that not the song? He is risen indeed. Oh, my. No. <laughs> no. That was like the spirit of the Lord lives in us. Hey, guess what? If Okay, so this is coming out on May 30th. May 30th. Which is one day after our 15-year wedding anniversary. Unbelievable. We have been together for 17 years, married officially for 15 years. It feels like... Less than that in some respects and feels like a millennia in others. I agree. I, I like a millennia in all that we've lived through and been blessed by and yeah. had hardships. But then also I'm like, whoa, 15. 15 years. That's impressive. It's almost like our relationship has gone through like phases, chapters. It's not even like that. It actually just it, is It has. That. Someone said once, um, we had this great uh, marriage and family therapist who spoke at a conference for us, and she said to imagine your relationship in the same way that you would imagine a child that was that age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if, you, if you're if you in a new relationship, let's say your relationship's, like, two months old, imagine a newborn. Like, it can't even hold its neck up yet. No. And, you know, maybe at a year old, it's starting, you know, starting to try walking, starting to get on its own two feet. Falling on itself all the time. Yeah. So, like, you sort of equate it to a child of that age, and I think in doing so, you're more graceful with yourself and your partner about, you know, where you should be. Because right now... We got a, we're a 15-year-old. We're getting our driver's permit. But you know what? In some ways, I think the like five years ago version of us was more like a 15-year-old. And our 15-year self feels more like a 30-year-old. Like I feel like we, we've come out of making choices that we'd have okay, to question Okay, you know what it is? Our, our relationship child is like a child who's like lived through really hard childhood they grew up fast they grew up fast Ooh. you look into their eyes and they have an old soul Ooh. that's our relationship that is our relationship hi i'm rachel hollis and i'm dave hollis and we're married for like 15 years and we have four kids that's like a thousand kids we've been foster parents to four kids as well and we're running a business together that's a lot of things it is a lot of things but we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. What would you say to, if you could go back to us at our one year wedding anniversary? Oh my goodness. What are the things like funny, real, whatever, that you would say to to us or to yourself? The first thing I would say to my 28-year-old self on our one-year wedding anniversary. I think you're old. Is that, does that math add up? Uh, no. No, my 29-year-old self. Fair enough. Thank you. My 29-year-old self, I would say this. You are not aware of the fact that you are going into 
the most prolific 10 years of your body's life, act like it. That's the Ooh, first thing I would say. I talked about that with David Bach today. Remember, he gave us that advice. Yeah. Uh, so there's a great episode of the Rise podcast that you guys should totally listen to where I interview the author David Bach. And he talks about this idea of you, the, how, whoever you are, whatever age you are, the next 10 years of your life will be the healthiest years of your life. The, Just the, statistically. Yeah. The most unhealthy we were as a couple a hundred was at the one year anniversary celebration of our marriage. I feel like no, I would say the first the first five years of our marriage, six years of our marriage, I think is the most unhealthy I was in my whole life. Oh, then we doubled down. We yeah, said, it, you know it was what? more than a year for me. Taco Bell's added gravy. Yeah, honestly. To the menu. You can't even I understand need gravy on that. how we ate, you guys. Like l- fast food once a day, if not twice, Frappuccinos, Coke, you know, the wagon wheel sampler platter at the Black Angus. The weird thing is, like, we we definitely had fun. So, I, you know, oh, like, I do fun. appreciate. And by fun, we mean that we ate all the food and that made us happy. We ate a lot of food. <laughs> we lounged a lot. We we watched so much TV. Yeah, we did. Like relative to the people that we are today, those people wouldn't even know these people. That yeah, they wouldn't probably we, be friends with these. We, people. I was almost gonna say that. Isn't that crazy? We would not be friends. Like if it was like, oh, this is some young couple from church who needs some mentorship. Well, we were always funny. So we'd give yeah. that couple a chance because they're entertaining at a cocktail party. But then we'd get in the car and judge them. Yeah, a hundred percent. We'd yes. be like, "Oh, those kids—they don't even know what they're in for." Yeah. So I, I love that idea that you'd tell your younger self, like, "Dude, that you—you have the energy. You have like this is the time to teach yourself these things." I think this all the time. I was just sitting in my office, um, mentoring one of the young women who work with us here at Hollis Co who's about 10 years younger than me. And I'm like, sis, I just want you to get this now. I want you to get this now so you don't need to be my age. You don't need to be 36 years old and trying to figure out in 10 years. If you know this information now, my gosh. Well, that's what I I think about. Man, I, at the time, had this hubris. I had this, like, conceit that I figured out the world, and I knew so little. And part of what is weird about a 15-year milestone, any any big milestone, you get to look back and realize how little you actually knew about what it meant to be married a year into being married. Yeah. How little you knew about the importance of health. How little you knew about how uh, how deep and meaningful a relationship could become, not because of hoping it would, but because of work. But also, I think our relationship's great because of all of the things we've had to work through. Yeah, I think... I will say it's it's like you said like we had fun like that was what what I would tell my younger self is like I I wish that we all had hindsight in the moment which is impossible but I would tell my younger self like this will pass that I think of I swear on my life if you want to do a couples podcast with me you better flip your phone over <laughs> Even the one where we're talking about how much we love each other on no, our anniversary. No, I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. We're growing in real time. We are growing in real time. You can't... In it, ladies, ladies, anyone else married to someone who is 
he's married to you, but he is in a relationship with his phone. We have been sending notes back and forth to each other that say TLA, which is true love always, and <laughs> KIT, which is keep in touch. And I'm trying to keep in touch with this phone because it keeps on sending me these notes like we're in a yearbook. Honestly, we should do a podcast episode that's about... Like, what's the thing that annoys you most about your partner? Let's do that for our anniversary episode right now. <laughs> the thing is, it's it's more just that you get distracted by it. So you got to create the habit of just turning it face down so you don't even see it. You know what I love most about our marriage? What? That there is an opportunity for you to teach me something. Always. Every hour. Every day. Every hour. I'm like, you know thing. what? I want to grow. You, I want to become a better version go, of myself. I'm like, oh, tell is me. there any chance that I could do anything right now that would give her that chance to teach? <laughs> there, honestly, he's like t- saying this wisdom, like, oh, I go back to my younger self and I tell them to like care about health. And I'm like listening. You guys can't see me. I'm listening intently. I'm over here taking notes, like, oh, I want to review that. I'm not really. But I'm I'm paying attention to what you're saying. I now am trying to say what that, that we could like have a conversation and you're looking at a baseball score. Uh, all I'm saying is fantasy baseball is a thing that's gone sideways for me in my personal life. And keeping track of a score during one of the weeks when I'm actually winning felt like the right thing. And it was wrong. It was wrong. And I won't say it was wrong publicly was wrong. for the listeners of the Rise Together podcast. That's probably something you should have told yourself 15 years ago because fantasy baseball was a part of our relationship even then. You better be ready for that rock and chair when we're 90 and 98 years old because fantasy baseball is going to be a part of that rocking experience. Forever. Amen. But then at that point, you'll just put in like virtual reality contact lenses and you'll actually like be in the game. I won't even be sitting next to you on yeah. the rocking chair. That is my actual fantasy. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, what were you saying? Honey? I don't even know, dude. You were saying you the one thing up. at the beginning of your relationship. Oh, that I wish that I I wish that I knew. I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like we didn't know all of the hard things that were coming our way. We didn't know the stresses. We didn't know, you know, trying to get pregnant and that that would be hard. We didn't know adoption. We didn't know foster care. We didn't know the fights we would have. We didn't we just didn't know the negative things. And so there, there, the beauty is in life, right? There can't be any appreciation for how incredible or blessed you are if you don't also see the flip side of that. But that time period, we just were so unaware of the world. We were in our bubble. We had, we lived in that townhouse and we, you know, watched marathon TV. We watched, you know, we were obsessed with loss. Like we, we remember, just hold on to this in that time period, we had we had our shows. Oh yeah, we had set shows. Our programs. We had our programs. Like oh, on at eight o'clock on Tuesday night we watched this, and on Thursday night we watched that, and like it was a thing. And we were gonna go get takeout. We'd get takeout from the same Mexican restaurant. We'd sit on our couch and we watch our show. And like even saying that makes it could makes me like tear up because we didn't know how easy we had it. We didn't know yeah. like how like we didn't know. You know what? four kids are going to do to your life. You know that you're not ever going to have Mexican food takeout and lost marathons until you get, at the very least, you get these fools up out of your house and on their way to college. I hope they bring a lost two out right around the time that Noah goes to college. What a gift. Please. But in this one, they actually have some clue of where they're going. A good ending. Ugh. 
My goodness. Remember when we got two pug dogs? Wow. What? What? We did have what pugs. What did we do? We did have pugs. We got two pug dogs. This is like a known thing. Everybody who's considering having a baby gets a dog. Yeah. You know, like there are dog people who don't want any part of having, but most people I know, I can just think of a, a couple, we got to go have dinner with them a couple of weeks ago. You can think of who I'm yeah. talking about. They recently got a rescue dog. I'm like, oh, they're going to announce a pregnancy it's here on. any minute. <laughs> it's on. Because you like test it. You test it with living, you know, we're taking oh, care of this Oh, I house. kept a plant alive, exactly. so why don't we get a small pug? We did have dogs. We did have those two dogs. And yeah, that I, I guess I would just say like, I wish, okay, here's another one. I wish that I could go back, you know, I talk a lot about our, my journey with sex and feeling comfortable with intimacy and all of those things. I talk all about this in Girl, Wash Your Face. If you've not read that chapter in Girl, Wash Your Face, you are missing out. Um, <laughs> but I wish, I mean, what, how different would my life be if I had put myself on that journey a year into our marriage yeah. instead of when I did? Yeah. Just fundamentally changing the way that you approach that and, and, and honestly, anything. Like the confidence that you have and your ability to figure something out in 2019 is dramatically different than it was at the beginning. It doesn't mean that you didn't figure it out, but your absolute certainty in your ability to figure it out is so much different today than it was then. I mean, it would have been a game changer if there had been this like, let's roll sexy September out in the first month of us being married mm -hmm. versus eight years into us yeah. being married yeah. for sure. Yeah. Just to figure out like, what do you like? What don't you like? How do you have a conversation about these things that felt at the time like they were taboo and now don't? Yeah. And I think um, if you guys have not listened to our episode on sex, it is the most popular episode we have on this podcast. So if you want to hear our episode on all things sex, not one to listen to when you've got kids around, but um, we talk about our journey and, and all the things. That is episode 32. 32. And it's a doozy. We went everywhere with that episode. Yeah, we did. Good times. Uh, yeah, so I wish I had figured that out earlier. I wish that I had known back then. This is probably just something that I would have wish I knew as a person, but I'll say it to our, you know, for our marriage. I wish I had known uh, my friend Marie Forleo has a new book coming out and it's called Everything is Figureoutable, which is a great title. Great title. And I wish I had known back then that everything is figureoutable. Like what I know now about business and health and relationship, everything I know is something I've learned in the last 15 years. Yeah. And, and those are things I taught myself. But I think, let me say that again, everything I know are things that I, I've learned in the last truly probably decade. Because I think for five years, I just sort of wandered lost and, and didn't really know where I was going or what I was going to do. It took, me, it took me a while to find myself. And I would have found myself quicker if I knew that the tools were out there and I didn't understand it. Yeah. I mean, on that same, in that same vein, I definitely feel so comfortable that the things that we do as a couple, the, the way that we raise our kids, the house that we have in terms of how we manage the, the just chaos of the world that we live inside of is something that uh, if other people have a problem with, I have zero concern. Don't worry oh, about that it was not the at case all. Then. At the beginning of us getting married, it was a 
just completely different thing. My family of origin, our families generally, the way that people that we were in community with were not getting married yet or living or doing their life a different way. It was a constant thing that was on my mind. And like that, just that weight was such a waste. It Mm -hmm. was completely, completely a waste. And letting people who had a difference of opinion come into our life, into the early part of our marriage and give us grief was a thing that I actually, a lot of times allowed to happen because of this weird codependence on wanting to keep them happy Mm -hmm. with their disagreeing with how we were doing whatever. Yeah, I I just like, I, man, I want to go shake that younger human that I was and just say, stop it. Who cares what these people think? One of the things I wish I had known then, it took us a while to even try. And then, and then a while before we really started doing it regularly. But I wish that I I would tell our younger selves to travel, to travel. Like we didn't, we, we went to Europe. Both of us went to Europe for the first time together when we had been married for a couple of years, two years, three years. Um, and even that was like terrifying to us. We had to save up the money, obviously, but you know we were we were nervous and scared. We wore our passports under our clothes. Like it was so we just didn't even know we we're such tourists. And travel is one of our favorite things to get to do together. In fact, as you're listening to this episode, we are frolicking through the Irish countryside. That's oh. how we're spending our. Oh, we are. Uh, we're spending our anniversary <laughs> in Ireland. We love to travel, and I think we both had grown up that wasn't part of our childhoods, and so we didn't. I think we were afraid of it, and it seemed like this big expense. And now, like if I spend money in life, I spend money on the experience for sure. Um. So I wish that I wish like I would encourage them, like guys. You know, get a passport, go see the world. What's crazy is like I, I still that trip to Europe. I think was my first time out of the U.S. No, you had gone to Mexico. Oh, okay. Because we had gone to Mexico on our honeymoon. Okay, fair. That's but right. But if you grew up in Southern California, going to Mexico does not feel like a big deal. Like both of us grew up in Southern California, that we're just like whatever. Yeah. It's Mexico. But just from like a, an appreciating that there are different people that live in the world mm-hmm. and have different cultural experiences and the way they worry or don't about the things that seem to consume people here like man i wish i could have front loaded that experience in our lives earlier just so that we had an appreciation for the flavor absolutely jeez it was also fun of course we had so much stinking fun we always have fun but when we travel we really have just the best time so i wish i had known that back back in the day I think we've gotten better over time appreciating the importance of traditions but I don't know that at the beginning we paid as much attention to establishing what we wanted. Maybe that's a thing that you have to kind of grow into mm-hmm. as your marriage gets older. I wish we had more traditions. I, I'm saying it in part because yeah. I'm trying to put it in the universe. Yeah. I mean, we have. And I say that because we moved to Austin a year ago and it threw off all of our traditions. Like most of you, we, you know, spend holidays typically with our families like our extended families and being in a different state means that that's not as easy as it once was like every holiday not just like christmas thanksgiving but fourth of july and it's someone's birthday and all of a sudden all these traditions that we had went away and then if we're recreating new ones frankly having holidays here like has felt a little depressing at times not depressing but 
I worry about it for the kids because it's just the six of us and they're used to a house filled with 50 relatives. Yeah. So trying to find new rhythms and new, and we already, we have already planned our holidays for this year to ensure that that's not the case. But I wish, I wish we had, I, I actually like wish we were the people who were like, like we know the anniversary of our first date. Do you know the anniversary of our first date? Yes, I do. Oh, no, no. Then say what it is. February 21st. Good job. Do you know the anniversary of the date that we got engaged? It's in September. <laughs> September 6th. September 6th. But like, why don't we celebrate those? Like, that's so... I mean, I think we like think about them, but we don't really... We're probably too tired. <laughs> I mean, I want to have a taco party for anything. You and your... Okay, let's sidebar this. <laughs> <laughs> our we jokingly think that our office throws a party for for just anything which is ridiculous because our office feels like we don't celebrate enough and we are like we just had a taco party yesterday it's t it's austin so there's like every time i tacos, walk in here there's a taco tacos. of some kind have a on taco a cart. counter yeah so dave's new saying is like taco party for everything I said after we get back from Rise, it will have been the first of two Rise events this summer. We're having a stinking taco party yeah, that Friday, are. so you better get your tacos ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, wait, what were we talking about? We're talking about traditions. Oh, I, yeah. Well, I think my the, the reason why I was thinking of it is we got into a rhythm of being the house for both Thanksgiving yes. and Easter that if you did not have a place to go come on down mm -hmm. like that was the that was the thing and, and the event planner in you that like at, earlier in rachel's career she was an event planner there was like eight foot round tables that we were bringing in as rentals and moving all the furniture of our house out of so that we could jam 50 people into every room of the house and that as a thing remember we got those flag football pennies. oh no it was a whole like, thing i think it's interesting um even talking about that I was thinking about, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last few days, is how your values change over the course of your marriage, over the course of your life. Yeah. Because that was, oh my gosh, those days were so important to me to cook the entire, you know, 25 part Thanksgiving dinner, prep for two weeks, have everything just so, do the, you know, do the, it's just not, it's not a value for me anymore to have that like picture perfect holiday yeah. and, and i hope that's just my maturity showing having the community that's important having it look a certain way or like having certain dishes mm -hmm. prepared in a pinterest worthy way yeah. who care I, I don't care about that at all yeah but i think when i don't know maybe i'm the only woman who feels this way but i think when you get married in the beginning you're kind of playing house like you're trying it on for size and you're you're seeing oh you know, is this, oh, this is our thing. Oh, we're hosting Thanksgiving. And so it has to be, you're, you're trying to like establish yourself as that role. And this was like the heyday of Pinterest. So I think I was just trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to impress your mom, trying to impress my mom, yeah. trying to prove that like I could do it all. And that is not something, I guess I would have told that to, to that young woman is like, don't worry. I, I promise you. <laughs> 14 years from now, you will not care about the Thanksgiving centerpiece. Yeah. One thing that's interesting when I think about the dynamic of our marriage and the kind of circle around it, the beginning of our being married, we were talking about this a little bit last night, the beginning of our being married 
and the frequency of going out with friends and having friend things happen where it was like, all right, we're bowling on Tuesday. Then we've yes. got line dancing on Thursday. Yes. We're going to do coffee on Saturday. We're going to run after we church were. on Sunday. Like yeah. we had so many things. And part of it was you got married at 19? 20. 20. So like you're, you were on the younger end of the age spectrum with the circle of friends that you had, all of them not being married yet. Yes. And I, even though I was 28, 29, whatever I was, I had most of my friends not married yet Mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. So we were the first wedding that a lot of the people at our party were, you know, like most of them were not yet married. And so their social lives were continuing as single people ready to mingle. And we were still getting the invite into those like hangouts. And then as time in our marriage went by, they all started coupling up. And so then the frequency of their availability started to pull back away. And now it's like, all right, like Haley's Comet, every third you know, month, let's get together with a circle of friends. It's just so much different than it was at the beginning. Yeah. I think we're, it's like, I've always thought of us, I would say we, and in the last week I've been wondering, is this like just me? And I've like accidentally pulled you into my orbit with this. I am not, I don't need the social thing with friends. Like literally someone, a huge publication reached out today and asked if they could interview me about this topic. And I was like, I don't know, meaning like friendship. And I was like, I don't know if I'm a good person to do this interview with because I am not like that. I just, I like had this epiphany, like that's not a big value of mine. Yeah, I love having friends, but I don't need, I, I like having the kind of friends that if I don't see you for six weeks, it's not like we get together and we laugh our butts off and then we go on with our lives. But I am not, I have not ever been and will not ever be the kind of friend that like is going to text you regularly. We're going to hang out all the time. And I think you are actually more social than I am in that respect. And I maybe have like pulled you into my. You've corrupted me. Uh, yeah. Like my crema. It's not even curmudgeonous. I like love and ever do it. But. I am a homebody. Yeah. I want to be The thing at is, home. we like we have four kids. The value that I put on this relationship, the busyness we have at the at what we're doing inside of this company of ours. I I think I like the conceptual idea of friendships and I struggle a little bit having the energy or the drive to want to really do the kind of work that would be required to maintain good ones. Here's my theory. I really believe this and I have believed this for 17 years. We are best friends. Who, you and I? Yeah, me and you. Okay. Um, my name's Rachel. Oh. Nice to meet you. What do I need to do to keep this friendship working? <laughs> um, we are best friends. Yeah. And we, ha- we started out as friends. Yeah. And we have been best friends for 17 years. And I honestly think I am so, um, what's that word? Like spoiled by that. I don't. I don't feel this huge desire to go and find... Like, I don't need to hang out with other people twice a week or once a week or, frankly, even once a month because I'm sure people are listening to this like, oh, my gosh, this girl's crazy. But I just, like, I, I laugh my butt off with you 10 times a week. Yeah. We have so much, you know, like, let's sit out on the patio last night and drink our LaCroix. Let's grill with our kids. Let's play, you know, Trivial Pursuit. We're probably the biggest nerds on the planet, but I feel like my friendship needs are getting served. Also, I get to come to an office where I get to hang. There's so many incredible women who work here. So I yeah. feel like I get that like girl thing. 
I just don't. I'm I just not don't need it. I, by the way, I'm not complaining. I I do like. There's a part of me when things feel heavy or overwhelming in life that I have this wish for you to be able to connect with people who might be able to commiserate or lift you up or be encouraging. And if that's a thing that you're not needing, I mean, like, I, I don't do know. You know that... Here's here's an interesting, this this podcast is taking a very interesting term. Why is it turned this way? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's an interesting conversation. Okay. Um, I'm an Enneagram 3. We've talked a lot about Enneagrams. It's something that we know. Um, Enneagrams, Enneagram 3s, and this is me, one million percent uh, do not like being vulnerable at all and in fact when faced with vulnerability they will shut down and withdraw rather than interact in like a place of vulnerability and so truthfully you are the one person in my entire life that is allowed to see me at my most vulnerable and i have pictures <laughs> And part of that is like this work I do, which is so, so intense and requires so much energy and so much being on and and represent like and 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 putting my heart out there for these blah, 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 like all of that stuff. I already had issues with being vulnerable to someone. And now, like now, you think I'm going to tell some other person besides you that like, yep, the, these hard truths like, no way yeah i mean Which, they have to again, sign a confidentiality release. Uh, like a therapist a is probably having a field day with this but I, the thing is i just know myself yeah i know myself and so i guess maybe it might put pressure on you if you're the one like how often days dave has to hear from me literally i just said it this morning i know you don't care but i have no one else to tell <laughs> The funny thing is, the thing this morning wasn't even that interesting. It's never interesting. It's it's sometimes but interesting. I just want to say it out but loud. But sometimes I'm like, okay, I will do you know file what it was, that listeners? in the, I don't know why I was told this box. I, I want, when I'm doing that, just to give you some insight into me, when I'm saying it's it's because I want to verbally process something and I've been internally processing it and I just want to verbally process it with like another voice who will answer it. So I... <laughs> so dumb i um have not been eating bread uh just not normally part of my diet feel better when i don't have it and then last night i was starving we were grilling with the kids and i ended up having um a bun with my burger and a bun with my burger and i woke up this morning and i felt awful like you, you awful do you have like celiac i mean like so it, this is crazy so i just my it, it was the hardest workout i've done in the long it took me so much to get myself through the workout pumping myself up the whole thing and randomly or not randomly i had an, a, an appointment with a like a homeopathic doctor today because i was talking to him about adrenal fatigue another conversation about that later where is this podcast going all over but the point is that he said like this is a good like piece of health advice for anybody, which we should all know, but I just needed someone to solidify it for me. Like if you have not been eating a certain food or a certain category of food and you enter it into your system, you don't have a gut that is prepared. Like it doesn't have the enzymes that it needs. It doesn't oh. have all the stuff that you need to process that. So he's like, you haven't been having gluten. And then you just put gluten, you like sabotaged your system because you there's nothing wrong with bread. There's nothing wrong with gluten unless you have a gluten problem. Um, this is just if you haven't had it, suddenly you do. He's like, I can tell you exactly what you felt this morning. You had brain fog. You had, um, what's it called? Not swelling, but inflammation. Um, inflammation. He's like, was it hard to move? Like your muscles felt heavy. You were, mm. So he described, I'm like, yes. 
So this morning I said to Dave, like, this was before the nutritionist. I said, I know you don't care, but I need to tell someone, um, man, that workout was like super hard. I think it was the bread I ate. That's the end of this podcast. Man. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that people are like doing the dishes or driving in their car. And so they don't care that I just went off <laughs> on a crazy tangent. But that's who you are for me. You're my friend that I and can And I tell appreciate that. To. I mean, guess what? There was a time in our 15 years of being married where you wouldn't have felt comfortable to tell me about your bread problems. And we finally crossed that threshold. Shut up. I will. Uh, what else? What else would you tell that's like in summation? The good or the bad or the real to your Uh, 29-year-old self? Here's the thing. I am grateful every single day for the people that we have living in our house that are small, our kids. I think I would have uh, convinced us to spend a couple more years exploring the world. Yeah. Getting to know each other. Yeah. Building a, a, like... A little bit more time for the two of us before yeah. we started having a thousand kids. Of course, you can't. You know, if we had waited, we wouldn't have the of kids course, that no. we have. Yeah. You can't take it back. No. But I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Like, if you are a young couple and you don't have children yet, just enjoy that. Yep. Just enjoy that because there's a country song, like a really cheesy country song, called "You're Gonna Miss This." You're gonna miss this. You're gonna want this back. You're gonna wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. And it's just like. It's it's him sort of advising different people in their lives, like a mother with young children, whatever. But that's what I think of us as that young couple is like, you're going to miss this Saturday where you could binge watch shows and you don't even know that at some point in the future, you're going to spend your Saturday run ragged by four children. Yeah. Uh, like, just enjoy it. Okay, last last question on this. You're just advising yourself on how to be an exceptional partner, like how you're advising baby Dave on how to be the most incredible husband for Rachel. Knowing what you know now, so it could be specific to what you know about me or what you wish, but what would you say to baby Dave? Uh, I think I'd say, one, wade into the hard conversations. Like be, like don't, don't listen to that voice that says uh, avoiding having to talk about this will let it fix itself. Um, I'd say like when you're feeling uncomfortable or you're worried about something or you don't know what that facial expression was, ask. If you have put your foot in your mouth, address it. If she said something that hurts your feelings, tell her. Um, that's one. Two, uh, I'd ask you more often what you need from me in the relationship because the young version of me had this again hubris that I knew what you needed and as much as I'd like to think I showed up well as well as I could have with you know the naiveness of being a dumb young guy I I can appreciate now that I'm better at showing up for you the way you need because I'm comfortable to say, I may not know exactly what that is. If you can tell me, that'd be great. I'll do better at hopefully showing up in that way. Uh, what else? Well, I wonder, so I'm, so I'm trying to think of this same question for myself. What I'm, what I'm wondering, the instinct is, would be to tell my younger self to like own who she was and figure out who she was sooner because as backwards as it seems, 
me doing that, as much as it was difficult for us, is was the catalyst that launched who we would become. Yeah. But then I also wonder if I had started on that journey when I was 22, would you have been able to handle it? I don't, yeah, I don't know. The thing is, I, I think I had to go through the transition from my thirties to forties to be as open to needing you to lead me as I was, because when I was still on that upward climb growing inside of the Walt Disney company, I thought I'd figured I'd found the crack in the universe that nobody else could see. I had so much confidence in my ascension to being the CEO of the Walt Disney company, not the CEO of the Hollis company Mm -hmm. that I don't know that I would have been available to hear the things. It took me getting stuck to really be open. So like, but here's the thing. I, I think about a like sliding doors version of our life where you it's, I was thinking about if you think about the wedding, the five year anniversary, 10 year anniversary, every five years, we've renewed our vows. Mm -hmm. The first time we did it in Palm Springs. The second time we did it in our backyard in Glendale. This time we're doing it in Ireland. The first time I was the cocky, confident life of the party. I barely made it to the altar because I'd been given a drink by every human we invited in a pool in Palm Springs when it was 100 degrees. And uh, that was like emblematic uh, in, in some ways of the kind of station in life we were in. The 10-year anniversary was a time when you were really struggling with oh, debilitating gosh. anxiety so that was bad. manifesting in vertigo. Mm-hmm. You'd barely been able to stand up for the picture we had to You're take right. prior to I the ceremony starting. And I looked beautiful. You looked beautiful. But I was a mess. Right? So you were a mess. And in a strange way. I never way, thought about that. Like five years, you're a mess. Ten yeah. years, I'm a mess. Fifteen years. We're great. We're, we're crushing it. Hello. Bye. High five. Yeah. I mean, so like in, in a weird way, we've each had to, I think, be a stronger person for the benefit of the relationship during different stages of the relationship. Yes. And I'm grateful for that. And it's not a thing that I actually gave much thought to or considered at all, really, at the beginning. I also, I mean, like we've talked about this before, but I thought that the the way that we felt about each other, the connection we had, the love that we had, the infatuation that we had, the newness that we had was the peak. I actually thought that like on our wedding day 15 years ago, this is as good as it's going to get grab a buckle, we're in a sled, it's time to go downhill. <laughs> and I I mean, I love you and feel about this relationship a way that I could not actually contemplate 15 years ago. I want to cry about it. Wow. I just, I'm, I'm amazed by what we have. I'm amazed by who you are. And the, like... Very young, naive, cocky, ridiculous, headstrong version of me who thought it was my job to take care of you. Yeah, I want to take care of you, but you don't need anyone to take care of you. I had no concept 15 years ago 
that we could sit here in this room today and I could look at you and feel the things that I feel about you or be as excited about what's going to happen in the next 15 because of how little I knew about what could possibly happen in the last. So that's good. <laughs> what the heck am I crying I in a podcast it. for? What the I hell is so happening? Precious. I thought I was a cyborg. So Wait precious. a second. Where's the nine volt battery charger pack I can put inside my tear ducts because I am a cyborg? Oh my oh, gosh. Jeez. You're so precious. I love you. No, I love you, honey. I, um, what I think would be so special, uh, which we have to find this video. It would be so special to play the audio of us doing our vows. Oh, man. Because I have, we have it. That, yeah, we have that somewhere. It was so cool. And what I, I, I mean, we haven't listened to it in a while, so I would love to hear it ourselves. But what I think is what will, what I assume you as listeners would hear if you listen to us recite our vows is as much as we have grown up and matured, I feel like our love and our friendship is the same oh yeah as it was it's a on that day yeah like silly and fun and friends and earnest and hopeful and aware of how blessed we were to have found each other um and it's it's been a hell of a ride Heck yeah. i mean it has been we're only getting started too. oh i know it's true come on i know it's true where you. is the, uh, honey, I love you, but where is the next vow renewal going to be? That's Should we great, call our shot? That's a great question. Is it question. too soon? It's, it's probably too soon. Mm. What I do think is interesting, too, take note of this, friends. Those first three, first the wedding, five-year party, 10-year party, that was about other people. Yeah. That was about us throwing a party or an event for friends, for people to think, you know, what, like, look at all the things we can do and what we can show and how cool we are and whatever. And I think there's something very telling about the fact that this time around, it's the two of us and a preacher standing on a hillside in Ireland saying vows to each other because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone else sees or thinks or feels about this relationship. It matters about the vows that we make to each other. Let's go. Oh, geez. Did you just end the most beautiful, thoughtful podcast ever with let's go? I'm sorry. Let me re rephrase that. <laughs> let's go. I've written it into our vows in Ireland. I want right. to give you that as a heads up. I don't want you to be upset while I'm wearing a... Is it a kilt in That's Ireland? Scotland. Scotland. I love you even though you're dumb. I love you because I'm dumb. <laughs>